1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another action-packed league weekend in Scotland. Rangers prepare for a crucial Champions League qualifier with a win against Kilmarnock and the goal for Alfredo Morelos. A debut goal for Moritz Jens helped Celtic return from Dingwall with all three points. And Martin Boyle returns to Scottish football in dramatic fashion with a late, late equaliser in the Edinburgh Derby. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Only two games into the Premiership season, Gordon, already the big hitters are coming to the fore. Celtic, two games, two wins. Rangers, two games, two wins. Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen tucked in behind them. But we'll park that for a couple of nights because huge Champions League football at Ibrox tomorrow night and huge Conference League football for the United on Thursday. Andy Halliday, fresh from Edinburgh Derby duty yesterday. Feel like a defeat, is it that old cliché? Oh, of course it was extremely disappointing I spoke uh, last week on the show that it was always going to be a, a game where two teams were going for the win uh, you know when you're a minute away from holding on and feel as if you've done it enough it's, it's always a, a sickening blow but not the end of the world you'll take a point and, and hopefully kick forward against Dundee United next week and with your neutral punditry hat on yep. uh, a busy weekend elsewhere yeah a mixed bag across the board obviously some big results out there uh, Celtic and Rangers two, uh, two wins from two to start off which is Certainly not surprising And then another big one again For, for Rangers tomorrow night In the Champions League Come on then 01419511025 It is Monday night Which means We've got all the talking points From the weekend To look back on And as the guys have said We're building up to What is now a massive Champions League qualifier For Rangers tomorrow As well So please do not hang about Pick up the phone And let us know What's on your mind Maybe you do have The Edinburgh Derby On your mind And you want to get Andy Halliday's insight You are more than welcome Rangers fans how did Saturday set you up for Tuesday? What did you make of the game? More discussions about Morelos Does he come straight back in and play? John McLaughlin kept his place in goal Will Ryan Kent be fit? What about the game itself at the weekend? Celtic fans, Moritz Jens uh, Not a, a name that we've spoken about too often He gets that debut goal And of course it really was uh, all about Jota In an attacking sense there in Dingwall So whatever is on your mind Now is the time to share it please 01419511025 Roger Hanna your result of the weekend result of the weekend I think has to go to Livingston at Tannadice yesterday Dundee United they were on the crest of a wave after beating Altmar in front of a full house mm. on Thursday and Livy went there clean sheet and a good finish by Christian Montano too wasn't it ok Andy I'm going to go St Johnson you know after a, a 91st minute equaliser for Motherwell I think St Johnson would have maybe I took in the point away from home beforehand but to then kick on and get a 94th minute was a huge first win in the season. Mm. He had to change his nomination at one forty-seven yesterday afternoon, though, <laughs> so uh, you can figure that one out for yourself. I don't know if you've shown your hand, either of you. Goal of the weekend? Goal of the weekend for me, probably young Leighton Clarkson. Oh, um, only signed for Aberdeen Saturday yeah. morning on the bench, got on very early when Hayden Coulson mm-hmm. was injured. And talk about taking your chance, an absolutely terrific strike and, and a big win for Aberdeen, Gordon. Andy? I'm actually going to go Christian Montano It was a great finish yeah, Joan Hubley doing what he does in the build up And, and holds off the two uh, Dundee United defenders Gets a shot off Livingston do well to keep it alive And then it's a great strike with the left foot outside the box yep. Some good options Week two of the season The standard is high Right now for the fun part Howler of the weekend Well I was there Gordon. Oh yes I've been wait- I, I can't believe I actually forgot about that You gave it the big build up on Saturday 
I was desperate to see it It did not disappoint Oh it doesn't let you down I'm quite sure you watched it more than once as well Because you, you, you need to watch it more than once To actually believe what happened Partick Thistle own goal got down Forever To the name of poor old Jack McMillan I think he knew about as much about it as I did David Mitchell coming outside his box Smashing it against his teammate Who would be a good 8 or 10 yards away And a good 30 yards from his own goal And the ball rebounding past everyone Into the back of the net to give Hamilton the lead I mean I'm not going to beat that am I? But any no chance, you can't beat that ever. Any chance I get to have a dig at you oh, I will certainly on. take it So I'm going to take Motherwell uh, they, they thought they, they salvaged the point in the 91st minute And couldn't hold on for the last three minutes And, and obviously Stevie May pops up with the winner at the end Okay right new for this season We're trying to give a bit more credit We're trying to dish out more praise Where it's due in Scottish football Your performance of the weekend I.e. an individual it doesn't even need to be a player You can think outside the box But your performance of the weekend I'm going to have to go for Martin Boyle Oh no I can't believe he's doing that to you I can't believe he's doing that We talk about Leighton Clarkson Signing late for Aberdeen How late did Martin Boyle Sign for Hibs again on Saturday um, He wasn't supposed to be fit to play He was um, chomping on his macaroni and chips he got a message that he was going to be on the bench Came off the bench Missed a chance and added time And then took his second chance and added time to get a point oh, You're I'll, not going to go for that no, obviously. I'm going to come straight back at him and gonna, I'm going to go Barry Mackay I thought he was the best player on the pitch uh, Quite often we speak about How far is he away from Scotland squads And his form towards the end of last season Was certainly getting him in that conversation And he certainly started the season in the same vein Obviously kicked off with a goal last week First game of the season against Ross County And played a huge part in the goal Obviously yesterday in the derby And I thought for me It was a standout play on the pitch 0141 That's just a bit of fun To kick us off on a Monday You are more than welcome To disagree though If that's upset you in any way uh, Please speak your mind On the phones Or you can tweet as well At Clyde SSB So where are we After the weekend Celtic fans Moritz Jens Jota Three points in Dingwall Anything else you wish to discuss Rangers fans I wonder how much you are thinking about Saturday that's passed versus Tuesday I feel you've possibly moved on uh, already So how did Saturday set you up for Tuesday? What needs to be better? What can be built on? Any personnel issues? Whether it's Morelos or Ngoal or Ryan Kent or whatever Is on your mind And I'm sure since Andy Halliday's here We will make him relive the Edinburgh Derby at some point 0141 951 1025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Right um, broadly speaking Roger Hanna Don't tell me we're already Seeing the league table Starting to take shape After two weeks That's that's earlier than ever Surely Well I mean It's there for all to see The only teams with 100% records After the first two games Are Celtic and Rangers Who's tucked in behind them Hearts and Hibs The teams I, usually hang on To a 100% record For a couple of weeks longer I can't remember I can't pretend yeah, to have ever yeah, noticed I'm, I'm quite sure they have In the past Yeah I mean you look I think well, After six games last season Myself Celtic not in the bottom six or, You know They were round about The middle of the table It's taken shape At uh, an alarmingly Fast rate this season And with the best will in the world You can't see it changing back Anytime soon And that means There'll be worries for St Mirren No points at all Ross County, no points at all. They go head to head on Saturday. Kilmarnock, one point. Then D United, one point as well, despite the European adventures. 01419511025. Kevin's first up. He's a Celtic fan on the line. What's your point tonight, Kevin? Uh, yeah, it was about the squad for Europe. Um, Big Julian wants a game. Um, McCarthy wants a game. They're actually want to go out and get game time. Sell Julian. He's not got a game, I don't think. Um, McCarthy, what's the same thing? He's a good player. 
he's not going to get put into that team. Yeah, we always, you know, obsess about players coming in. I wonder if, if the exit door at Celtic is going to see a bit of action in the couple of weeks well, that are well, about to follow. Well, Antipas Goglu spoke last week that he was still expecting incomings and outgoings. And as Kevin says, you know, he's mentioned a couple there. Christopher Julian, James McCarthy, you can throw Mikey Johnson in there as well as possibles. Um, and they're simply possible because you look at the squad, the match day squad that Ange Postecoglou has named for the first two games of the season. Um, Christopher Julian's been nowhere to be seen. Um, I think James McCarthy was, was back in the bench there at the weekend when Rio Hitati was out injured. But if you look at the sort of pecking order of midfielders, you've got McGregor, O'Reilly, Hitati, Turnbull... And Aaron Moy is now probably there ahead of James McCarthy. So I know he's only starting the second year of a four-year deal. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was already looking around to see if there's another club that would offer him greater opportunities of regular first-team football. Yeah, listen, I think um, Ange Postecoglou's already came out and said it. He expects maybe a couple of outgoings and, and maybe someone following in. But I think in terms of James McCarthy, it certainly seems that, that, that it's one that fits. He's not really had many... Game time opportunities at Celtic, but you know, in the same you know breath, of, breath of mind that I do feel as if Celtic are very, very strong in that midfield. Like the the names that Rogers just rhymed off there, I do feel as if that's probably the strongest department. And then you know, Moritz Jens has obviously came in for his debut and, and got a debut goal. But again, I remember speaking about this last year. Stephen Welsh, I feel as if he's always been someone that's been pretty hard done by for Celtic because started the season in good form last year. Uh, Any time he was called upon, I thought he he'd done really well. And after a good performance against Aberdeen and a a goal and a clean sheet you know he's, he's lost his place out in the team but again it's, it's certainly strength and depth for and Celtic the, pro- the problem for Julian is that if, if everyone's there you know for me Carter Vickers and Starfield are still the first choice pairing they deserve to be after last season winning the title Stephen Welsh is probably next cab off the rank if you like he missed out at the weekend because of illness Morris Jens then came in he's probably the fourth pick so, so Julian He's way down the pecking order. He would have been at Schalke had the deal not collapsed at the 11th hour. So don't be surprised at all if he departs Celtic Park before the end of the month. Uh, Kevin, how important was that? Three points at the weekend. I know it's only game day two of the season, but you know, once it went back to one all, maybe there was a couple of doubts starting to keep in. Uh, what did you make of it? The three points is always important. End of. Um, but the way we went about it, especially Jota, three assists, this wee fella's got to get better and better and better. Who is? Um, O'Reilly as well. Yeah, I mean, the three, three assists in one game doesn't tend to be bad going, Andy, does it? No, and, and listen, it was, the, it was the standard of the assists as well. Maybe not so much the, the third in terms of, you know, a baddest contribution, which was a, a brilliant turn and finish. It could easily have made the, the goal of the weekend. But the first one for, for me was really impressive because so often you see wingers get to the byline and then try and fizz a ball across goal because anything can happen. It could deflect off a defender and hit the back of the net. But he's got the presence of mind to look up and, and pick out Kyogo and there was no mistake in that cutback. It was a, it was a brilliant assist. Again, Roger, so much fanfare in the summer about bringing Jota back. What Ange Postecoglou and the Celtic fans had in mind was probably something like a stunning goal on the opening weekend, three assists on the second weekend. That's exactly what they hoped he would contribute. And yeah. now we see if it continues. Yeah, and he, listen, he's playing terrifically well for Celtic. All of the assists, you know, valuable, terrific goal against Aberdeen a week past yesterday. He has started very brightly. And when you're paying six and a half million pounds for a wide attacking player, that's a contribution you want. Um, let's hear a bit from Ange Postecoglou, actually, uh, on some of that. He says it takes a special player to put in a performance like Jota's on Saturday. He says the winger is constantly working 
to keep getting better. He sets his teams up to be aggressive, you know, and you know you're going to get an aggressive game, which I think is always a good challenge. Uh, That's the wrong bit of Ange Postacoglu. That's no use to us. Anyway, we'll hear from him in the not-too-distant future. Let's bring in John, who is on the line. As a Celtic fan from Motherwell, John, what did you make of the weekend? Happy enough with what you saw? Oh, I um, I think they, they played really well. Sorry, my dog's just... My wife's come back to the shop. Oh, there's Henrik in the background Sparking away He's getting a treat in for the shop Don't you worry, John Honestly but Don't worry, John We're in no rush We'll wait for you Right I'm, I'm, I'm out the car I'm, I'm actually up at uh, Hamilton At the Lidl Oh, good Right, what are you getting in nice? Uh, well, hopefully my wife's got some crispy rolls For my work tonight but... Oh, lovely Oh, good you on night shift, John? Aye. Is that is that what you do? A couple of crispy rolls on night shift. Oh, aye. What's aye, what goes what goes in them? Uh, usually ham. Just, uh, oh no no you've ruined it. You've ruined for it, something John. a bit more. I thought maybe a wee square sausage or that for breakfast during in the, the morning. Night? Ah, it's season night shift. Ah well. You well, you can still have square sausage during the night. No, think so. It's not a b- breaking any rules. We have our own sausage as well. Right, okay, good. Aye. Quite right, um, John. Anything about the, the the game at the weekend, John? Uh, I, I, they, they played really well. I, I just thought Jota was just a class above everybody else on the pitch, you know. And a badass finish. I mean, the boy comes on and he does, he does that. Just it's just world class. Up. I, I mean, if that was a a player being in England, they would be talking about it for weeks, you know. I've seen a bit on Twitter this weekend, Roger, about what is Celtic's best front three. And how does that compare to what Ange Postacoglu feels is Celtic's best front three? Because it seems like Maeda would always be in it yeah. if, if, from the manager's perspective. But I have seen some fans saying it's getting harder to ignore the goal contributions that Abada brings. What, what would be your best version? Well, listen, a lot of it comes down to form, doesn't it? At the start of the season, you know, people were raving about Dyson Maeda pre-season. So when the team was named for the Aberdeen game a week past yesterday and it was Maida, Kyogo and Jota, I don't think there were too many complaints. Maida hasn't kept those levels up um, in the last couple of games. Abada's come on. Abada took his goal really well. On, uh, on many weekends of this season, that would have been either my goal of the weekend or Andy's goal of the weekend. The quality of goal this weekend was just so high. Lauren Shanklin as well could have got a, an honourable mention as well. So that was why Abada wasn't the goal of the weekend. But... He took his goal very well And it's like anything else John If Leal Abada keeps doing that He's putting pressure on Myra If David Turnbull comes in When Hatati's out of the team And David Turnbull performs well He's putting pressure on Hatati If Morris Jens comes into the team And plays well and scores a goal He's putting pressure on Stephen Welsh And Carl Starfield And that's exactly the type of competition for places Ange Postacoglu wants right the way through Whether it's Juranovic and Ralston Whether it's Taylor and Bernabe wherever throughout the team, whether it's Kyogo or Giacomakis at centre-forward, it's exactly the type of competition and exactly the type of conversations Ange Postacoglu wants. What's the best Celtic front three for you? It's tough. but I mean, it's even tougher for Ange Postacoglu, but it's certainly a good headache to have. I think the only guarantee is certainly Jota in it. Uh, for me, at top form, Kyogo's another one, but I think Giacomakis has really made an impact in the last two games when he came on against Aberdeen in the opening day of the season. Could have easily scored a hat-trick in, in, in the space of 20 minutes. You look at that, his, his goals-to-game ratio and goals-to-minutes ratio last season, uh, season was very impressive. But for me, I think I would go the, the actually the front three that played against Ross County. I think uh, Dyson Maeda, maybe not as 
pleasing on the eye as Leah Labada when he's at his he's a uh, his top form but I just feel as if he's so effective in and out possession especially the way Ange Postacoglu wants his front three to play I think he's often the one that starts that high press him and Kyogo so I do think uh, it's certainly the front three I expect to see in, in big games this season um, Anything else from the weekend jump out for you John? Uh, I, well I, so I, I phoned in as well but the, the, well, I thought it looked offside I'm not saying it was offside but it was, wasn't even spoken about the, the Morelos goal Oh, well, listen. This is this is the currency on a Monday night. You phone up and complain about teams, about your rivals' uh, decisions that went for them, and vice versa. Was Morelos offside? No. Well, I think that's maybe why it wasn't spoken about. John has uh, seen a couple of angles from it, a couple of TV replays, and yeah, there was three th- three phases within the goal, and, and neither were offside. Uh, Rabi Matondo initially, obviously, has a cross. It comes back to him on his second attempt at the cross. Alfredo Morelos is in an unsafe position because it then ends up hitting a Kilmarnock defender before moving forward and then Alfredo Morelos tucking it in at the back post. You know, quite often, quite a lot of goals we sp- uh, speak about with Alfredo Morelos is that tapping at the back post because he's, he's got that poacher's instinct. It's been a great couple of weeks for decisions and for controversial decisions. I thought there were a lot in the first weekend and a couple again. Is this one of them? This weekend. Well, it's controversial because John's phoned the show at five past six to discuss it. So there comes your controversy. And it is the type of thing that once we get VAR, then we won't need to worry about any of these controversies because VAR will sort it out. But you don't think there was even enough in it, Andy, to you know to warrant that whole would VAR have ruled it out discussion that we're inevitably going to have until uh, winter when it's brought well, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that VAR would look at it. They look at everything after every goal and, and see if there's anything in the build-up or the phase of play or, or things like offside calls. But no, having... Obviously, we've all seen a, a couple of TV replays now, and yeah, it was on side, so certainly it, altered the goal. It, it will be interesting to see, though. I mean, there, there's Lauren Shanklin scored to your guys' hearts yesterday, and the commentators discussing was it handball? They discussed the, the, the control at the top of his arm. Is, is that above the t-shirt line? Is it below the t-shirt line? What would VAR have done about that goal? So it'll be fascinating. The sooner we get it in, the better, because it'll prompt. More discussion, more debate, more interest. Just what we need in this show, God. Absolutely. It's been quiet. Thanks, John. Enjoy the rolls. That was John from Motherwell, but at the supermarket in Hamilton, you know the rest. 0141951. Do I don't let dogs in? That I don't know. I don't have one. I, I, I'm not sure. You don't have a little or you don't have a dog. Well, I don't I, have a dog. You certainly don't let cars in, and John was in his car, so I don't and think he's he in was, outside. He drove in the in the middle of a little. 0141951 Great time to call. Maybe we'll look at that Rangers game, in fact, after the travel. So, Rangers fans. How was it for you? How does it set you up for tomorrow? What are the main talking points ahead of tomorrow's Champions League qualifier? Get your thoughts in, please. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here. 0141-951-1025. Looking back on the weekend, big talking points and, of course, looking ahead to Rangers' visit to the Champions League qualifiers tomorrow. Pick up that phone, let us know what's on your mind or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Rangers fans, might be a good time to get your thoughts in. How did Saturday set you up for Tuesday? What about the personnel issues? Does Morelos now just come in and start the game? Is he ready for that or are you going to have to wait a little bit longer? How important is it Ryan Kent comes back? Are there still any discussions to be had over the goalkeeping position or is that all been answered by the manager? What did you make of the performance on Saturday? All of the above questions and anything else you've got, now's the time. 0141 951 1025. Giovanni Van Bronker says their hard work in the first half on Saturday allowed them to get the goals 
in the second half He's also delighted to see Alfredo Morelos back For his impact on and off the pitch Well of course happy with uh, the three points I mean it's all uh, we need every week Three points Of course the way you get to the three points Is every week different Today you saw first half We were you know, struggling to get uh, real good opportunities I think we started really well After that you saw um, Kermarnik uh, team was Delaying the play, you know, make it really difficult for us uh, to uh, create any chances. But um, we've played many games like this before, you know, in, eventually in the second half it, it will open up. You know, it's all the energy you give in the first half to to make sure you create more space in the second half. And, and I think that, that happened as well in the second half. It's his first minutes for Rangers after five months. You know, it's if you think about it, it's, it's like... It's a really long time. It's almost half a year. So it's good to have him in the squad. You could see what he brings, not only his performance, but the way the fans treated him uh, when he came on. And he's always capable of scoring goals. Did you rate the Rangers' performance on Saturday, Andy? I think it was okay. If I'm giving you a number, I would probably say a a standard 6 out of 10. I I don't think they've quite clicked defensively yet. Um, But I do think Giovanni Van Broekel is right at what he says. The constant pressure and constant sort of territory then ends up taking its toll on Kilmarnock uh, it's, a, it's almost a sort of counter-attack that Rangers get their opening goal um, but yeah it's I think key men not being at their top form uh, but I do feel going into the game tomorrow night the return of Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos hopefully will be, will be massive for them Morelos reminded me of Gordon Dale at the weekend Gordon things that have never been said yeah come back after the summer with his hair a different colour <laughs> well that's true um, but, uh, oh, but see one of them died it, the other one stopped dying it there's, there's a subtle difference there that's exactly what it was well, I'll be fascinated to see the Rangers team um, tomorrow because there have been big contributions at different times through the season by, by various different players Stephen Davis seemed to play well at the weekend Malik Tillman who hadn't played well in the first leg in Belgium Played better again. Abby Matondo seemed to make an impact off the bench. Scott Arfield having made an impact off the bench at Livingston has barely been seen. He certainly hasn't had a start this season at all. You've then got a conundrum. Does Cholak stay in the team having scored his first goal for Rangers? Or does Morelos come back? Certainly, as Andy says, Ryan Kent will come back into the team. Is it Barisic? Is it Yilmaz? At left back Does James Sands stay As left centre back So I think there's some big decisions For Giovanni Van Bronckers But I don't think Rangers are out in this tie yet right, Let's bring in Jim Who's a Rangers fan From Kilmarnock What's on your mind tonight Jim? Hi guys um, <clears throat> Just another weekend A bad referee I hate phoning in about this Because I sound negative But The refereeing decisions That went Livingston Livingston should have had a man sent half He should have had a goal That should have stood Then we went to this game as well and Kilmarnock got a man booked. He kicks the ball away, time-wasting, which he'd done for the minute one. The referee runs up to him as if he's going to book him and looks as if to me, but he realises he's already been booked and he has a word with him. Five minutes later, a different Kelly player does the exact same thing and he books him. And then the handball incident as well. Looked like a penalty to me where I was sitting. And also, getting to the Celtic game, the boy Jens is already on a booking. He scores a goal, 84th minute. They're obviously buzzing. It's six minutes to go. And he runs into the crowd. That's a booking. Why did he not get the booking? He's got to, he's got to send them off. That's, that sounds negative. That is the rules of the game, and these refereeing decisions are going against us again. Well, yeah, some of them. The one at Dingwall doesn't go against you. I get what you're saying because it's your rivals, and that's sort of what we do in this part of the world. Um, Roger, is Jim valid in his criticisms? Uh, the thing I spoke about this last week, Gordon, consistency of decisions. That's the thing that irks managers. The thing that irks players when there is no consistency 
about the decisions. I thought that the first weekend, some of the challenges, particularly I'm going back to the St mm. Johnson Hibs game, two identical challenges. One got a red card, one got a yellow card. You see in the Livingston Rangers game that Jim's talking about, I think he means Philip Cancard yeah. di- didn't get a second yellow card. If you're going by the letter of the law, then Morris Jens probably would have. You mm. know, if he hadn't been booked, is that, is that a yellow card? And he did go into the crowd. I, I so, wonder if those examples, whether it's Morris Jens or anyone else, but I wonder if those examples are, are better examples of inconsistency than, than tackles, right? Because we can only assume that what you describe as identical tackles, we can only assume the referee just didn't see them as identical, yeah. right? You know, right, yeah. rightly or wrongly. Yeah. But Jim's talking about, you know, when players kick the ball away or when players run into the crowd, they, they tend to be ones that sometimes are given and just sometimes aren't. Is that is that fair? I mean, you, I remember it's not, if, well, if we want to talk about going into it's the fair crowd, or not, it's accurate. You remember, it's accurate what you're saying. You remember that fateful night when our World Cup dream ended? I remember Yarmachuk scoring for Ukraine. Mm. He'd been booked. He ran into the crowd, yeah. which is quite an effort at Hamden because yeah. you need to go about 25 yards behind the goal, straight into the crowd. You know, no yellow card and it, it, it's one of those that sort of sometimes happens and sometimes doesn't and that's hard for fans to stomach it is hard for fans to stomach and for managers and for players to stomach as well and you wonder what degree of leeway if any referees are given you know is it a rule I thought it was a rule I thought it was a law I thought it was a stick on booking as Andy says um, but it doesn't always seem to be uh, treated as such Andy there was a few to get through there I, I'm slightly reluctant to keep going over the ones at Livingston because I think most people mm-hmm. have kind of had their say on them. Yeah, did were Commandant guilty of a handball that wasn't given at the weekend? I don't. I don't I, forgive me, Jim, but I don't remember the 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 instant early on in the game where the Commandant kicks a ball away. I don't remember, but yeah, the penalty incident. I think anyone that's listening to this show or heard me talk on this show will tell you that I, for one, still don't understand the handball rule. I I, I don't. I, there's so many laws and changes that. I fully don't understand it because you know Roger just talked about consistency. I see the same handballs every week, some being given penalties, some not. To me, well, listen, we've all had us saying the corner goals in the Champions League incident, and I think even by the letter of law, that's not a penalty. But to me, again, it seems harsh if that is a penalty, but it's penalties that have been seen given. It deflects off a commander player, it hits an outstretched Alan Powers' hand, uh, arm, sorry. We have seen them being given as penalties, there's no doubt about it. But for me, I do see it as harsh. Regarding the Moritz Jens, we actually have meetings before every season where the police come in, they tell you that the consequences are leaving the pitch. And one thing they always say is if you leave the pitch, you leave, leave the field of play, it's a yellow card. So in terms of that instant, mm. it's certainly a bit more conclusive. I wonder, Jim, if the Connor Goldson one, I wonder if that should be a lesson to us all. Now, I would be an absolute hypocrite to tell fans not to complain about refereeing decisions. It's sort of what keeps us going. But Connor Goldson the other night, you know, it's not the fault of those... Nasty, terrible Scottish refs. It's not the fault of the fact that we don't have VAR because you know they did in, in this instance. Do we just sometimes have to remember that you know that's that sport? That's when there's a subjective decision making process, and there's always has to be an element of perceived injustice in there. Well, these, these games are a big jackpot at the end of the game um, on Tuesday night, so they're expecting better referees. Decisions at that at that at that level as well, and especially when you said a chance to look at it on a on a, a replay three or four times, and he still gets it wrong. But the ones on Saturday, I was really talking about the one on Tuesday. So there's never a penalty, but the one on Saturday was. There's, there's a slight difference there, I would say. 
you see what I mean though Roger rather than it because we're, we're quick to sort that, of kick ourselves I, and I, either bemoan our standard or bemoan the fact that there's no VAR it's, and I know it was only one example I, I get that but I, maybe I, a lesson to us that these I, things just happen I do see what you mean and had we been talking again about those two challenges in the, in the St Johnson Hibs game I would have agreed with you but the Conor Goldsman the referee in the VAR Got the rule wrong They didn't know the yep. rule yes. And that that's, that's the biggest problem. problem of all mm-hmm. If the officials And I'm cutting the Scottish officials A wee bit of slack here I'm putting on my Gordon DL Referees outfit And cutting them some slack Because they didn't make that error Triple XL Yeah When for, You know The referees last week The officials last week The continental refs When they don't know the rules Then you're in bother uh, Right what about the actual football Jim Because I know you said You don't like to be negative But that, that's fine We're here for it how do you feel about tomorrow? Was was Saturday the type of performance that makes you optimistic about tomorrow, or are they separate things? Saturday's the kind of performance that makes <laughs> makes me nervous about tomorrow. But <laughs> uh, we've no quick chat. Uh, we'll get six points out of two games that we've no played yet. I we controlled on Saturday. I'll never be under pressure. But Tuesday's a different game. I think if you get a goal in the first half, even the first twenty minutes is even better. However, if we didn't win nothing up at half time, I think the crowd gets bit on their back in the second half and. Hopefully, Andy knows that European nights are at Ibrox. He's probably played in a few. So he knows how the crowd is. And it might get on that team. I don't, I don't know what that team's like, but they play with crowds like that. They use with that. The pressure might get to them. But we need to perform at a far higher level to beat that team tomorrow. And um, we've been playing in the last two games. So, I mean, it's so early, so it seems like a bit of a pointless statement. But Rangers, are Rangers looking for their best performance of the season tomorrow? Oh yeah, no, there's, there's absolutely no doubt. And listen, they've done it before. You, you've only got to look at last year uh, with, with um, the majority of the same players. The the Braga tie, uh, the second leg at, uh, back at Ibrox, the Leipzig tie, the the second leg back at Ibrox, overcoming deficits. But I think Giovanni Van, uh, Van Bronckhorst actually says it in his press conference. It's another chance to show the team we can be. That for me is it. Because if Rangers turn up and give the performance that they gave last week. They ain't overturning this deficit. If Rangers hit the heights that we all know they can and certainly have done in Europe, I certainly see them going through the tie. I mean, personnel-wise, Jim, there are a few that jump out. But Alfredo Morelos, what did you make of his goal-scoring return? Is that is that ever going to be enough after five months out, or is he going to have to just wait for his first start? I don't, I don't think he'll start. Listen, he took his goal well and stuff, and he is who he is, and he does what he does, but. I think it's too early for him to start on Tuesday. I think he'll go with Kovac, which I, I think Kovac's a decent player. He's not really had a great deal of service. But I would be comfortable enough going with Kovac, but I just don't think Morelos is, is fully fit to start a game like that. But do you start him and give him the first half? I don't know. I actually liked Giovanni Van Bronker's statement of the obvious because it, it, you kind of forget it, Roger. He said it's five months. That's almost half a year. Yeah. And it, it absolutely is. That's Sometimes you forget that the summer... Exists because you you, yeah. you write off all your football thoughts and you pick them back up again at the end of July. So, yeah, to be out almost half a year, would you be surprised if he starts tomorrow? Um, no, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised at all. He is such a talisman. I heard a caller, I can't remember what night it was in the show, Gordon, at the tail end of the week, just debating whether or not the Europa League final in Seville might have gone a different way had Alfredo Morelos been fit to start for Rangers. And it's a valid question to ask He is that important to Rangers He is the club's record European goal scorer And tomorrow night they need European goals So it wouldn't surprise me if he started I know Cholak scored at the weekend But find me a Rangers fan who thinks Cholak's a better player than Morelos 
Uh, for me, there's a small matter of a between a thirty million pound pot and a forty million pot. If you guarantee your your pathway to the Champions League group stage, I'm not hundred percent starting Alfredo really? Morelos. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Do you feel like the Rangers manager is of the same mind, is, or is it? You know, is well, he deliberately keeping his cards close to his chest? Listen, we'll find out tomorrow night. But ha- having looked at it, I mean, Alfredo Morelos, he has been back on the training pitch for for a while now. Obviously, it starts with light jogging and then builds his cell up to to full training. But he has been back on the pitch for. Between two to three weeks, so mm. I think in that sense, it doesn't feel as if there's a a chance of a, a, a reoccurring injury. Obviously, match sharpness and, and and full fitness is certainly the question, but it's a risk you'd be willing to take does, for a game of this magnitude. Does Cholak's goal change anything? I don't think I'm being harsh in saying that he's not he's not been great. Cholak, listen, I, I agree he's not had many service, and if it's not for, I mean. A hair length, he starts two and two in the league with, with the the goal was chalked off at Levy and that one at the weekend. But when you talk about service, sometimes Alfredo Morelos doesn't need service. We've seen that in Europe. Mm. He turns bad goals, bad balls into good balls. Any ball that gets played in behind defenders, he wins fouls, he wins throw-ins, he gets you up the pitch. I think that's something why, you no, know, some of his best performance we've we've seen in European competition. And like Rogers, it is. It, you want your best team out there, and I don't think there's any doubt about it that Rangers' best team involves Alfredo Morelos in it. Is this the nature, Roger, of our teams You know, having to go into Champions League qualification? It sort of reminds me of the discussion you would have before a cup final If this was a run-of-the-mill league game We're probably not really assessing whether Alfredo Morelos starts He probably doesn't It's almost half a year out, as we've just been explaining um, But yeah, a Champions League qualifier to our teams It's, it's kind of like that It's that kind of cup final feel It's that massive game feel Does it put that bit more... Bit more of a spotlight onto the debate. Yeah, and you're not asking him to go out there and play ninety minutes or one hundred and twenty minutes. You're asking him to go out there and play what he can. Um, as Andy says, he has been back in the training ground. He has played for Rangers as a sub at the weekend. He's scored for Rangers since he came back. And I just think if you want to unnerve Union Singer was at Ibrox with a full house, you, you put a team sheet down that's got Ryan Kent in it and it's got Alfredo Morelos in it. Thank you very much Jim That was Jim and Kilmarnock on 01419511025 What do you think? Rangers fans These two are gamblers They're going for it They're sticking Alfredo Morelos in from the start What about you though? Any more caution out there Celtic fans We've been discussing Jota And the front three And Moritz Jens And all the rest of it We've not even got to the Edinburgh Derby I can see a St Mirren fan Trying to make a point there as well So come on Get the calls in We'll speak to you next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here It's 0141-951-1025 Or it's Twitter At Clyde SSB I think Roger with every week that passes You just get that reminder of how utterly bizarre a place Scottish football is I mean we all moan about referees And we'll get stuck into some of the big debates, but you forget how many daft moments are out there. You, of course, witnessed the own goal to end all own goals. And poor Jack McMillan got the ball launched off his head by his own goalkeeper and it went in from 25 yards. Um, of course, I, I noticed a tweet involving Andy Halliday's old pal. Remember Willie Gibson? Yes, I do. Remember Play that when south. they were inviting each other to the car park? Yeah. You remember the one? He apparently went into the book for inferring the referee was a clown at the weekend, according uh, to Montrose's Twitter feed I also liked a tweet I saw from a, a, a tweeter called DT today Whose pal stood in horse <clears throat> um, In Dingwall and had to go to the game In his socks and someone oh. provided The picture of 
the gentleman with the you know what all the way up his leg. And of course, you were treated at half time at Partick Thistle at the weekend uh, to an educational street theatre performance, a collaboration between the University of Glasgow and Surge Theatre. Yes, very good. It was two. And your thoughts on that? Did you did you catch it? No, that was a different language for me. To be honest, I'd like to. I'd like you to explain. Was, you are you are from the West End now. Remember. Yeah, I don't speak the jargon. Be, no. yeah, it, was street, it was street theatre, which was aimed at raising awareness of the work that's being done to combat infectious diseases in Africa, such as sleeping sickness in Malawi, which is, is a scourge, as I mean, you well know. For what it's worth, mm-hmm. it does sound like a worthwhile cause. Like we shouldn't, yeah. I don't look, but just the notion of Scottish football fans in a street theatre performance at half time oh, is. Can I just say to you? Did you enjoy it? That's oh, what we need yes, to know. Yes, it was very good. Was but, but only at Partick Thistle. Somehow you can get away with that at Partick Thistle. Just playing up to the stereotypes you, you couldn't really maybe get away with it At some other grounds in the country Like any other ground in the country <laughs> That's what I meant to say <laughs> right, here okay. 01419511025 or Twitter At Clyde SSB Let's bring in Ronnie who's a Rangers fan in Rutherglen What's your point tonight Ronnie? Hi Hello. Hi guys uh, Well I was just thinking that My team the Rangers Are they becoming a selling club Because when we sell our best players I don't think we're actually replacing them with very good quality. And it's like, it seems to me we're bringing good boys through and then just selling them. And uh, I honestly don't think we're getting good stuff back for what we're selling. So have you already, you already written off, Ronnie, the guys like you know Tom Lawrence and Malik Tillman and Cholak? What, are you sure already that these guys can't fulfil uh, what... Calvin Bassey and Joe Rebo left behind? Well, I would give uh, Tillman pass, but definitely what I've seen by now, but some of the guys, I think, are <clears throat> the other guys are pretty average. And I know it's, uh, you're right, you got to give them a chance and all that, but do you not think the Rangers are becoming a selling club, selling it's... their best young players for big money and then bringing these other guys in for... A lot less than what they're selling with good boys for. It's all in the terminology, Ronnie. You call it a selling club. The people in charge at Rangers will call it a player trading model. And you're probably both right because, you know, bringing in Joe Aribo for £300,000 and selling him for £10 million is good business. Bringing in Calvin Bassey for two hundred and thirty grand and selling him for £23 million is good business. The next part of the business has to be bringing in Malik Tillman and bringing in Ridvan Yilmaz and making sure that they are adequate replacements for the likes of Aribo and Bassi. Um I don't think we can judge them after three or four games. When we judge them after three or four months, um, I think Tillman's probably had a, a brighter start than Yilmaz has so far, but these are the guys Rangers are identifying as being the next Aribo and Bassi, and maybe they'll be sold at a profit. Mm-hmm. I watched, you know, the ones who do it best, Ronnie, I watched Brighton yesterday winning at Manchester United, and they've just sold Mark Kukurea, and Basuma in the midfield, eighty million pounds they sold them for. You would never have known they'd been there. Don't miss them at all. No. Well, that that's fair comment. But I just thought that. Uh, well, I'm an old guy, right? <laughs> oh, don't worry, Ronnie. So am I. Time, and it's like this never happened back in mm. the day. And I've uh, got one more point. If it's okay, it's like see the <clears throat> the style of football that we're playing now. I think there's a lot of kind of square and black passes. I used to, back in the day, we had wingers and inside men and centre-forwards charging up the park. I just think that football has lost a wee bit. 
still watch it. I still all passionate about it. But I just thought, I just think, and I'm, I'm not just talking about Rangers now here. I'm just watching all the games that I watch, and I watch a lot of football. And it, it seems to be that it's just not as direct as it used to be. What do you think about that? Andy, is football evolving? Is Ronnie saying, Ronnie's putting his hands up, he's saying, I'm an old guy. And he's he's sort of pining for the way it used to be. Is there a, a reason for that? Yeah, listen, I think styles and, and football change every five years. There's always a, this is the way forward. I remember we, obviously with Pep Guardiola, it's prime, everyone's talking about tiki-taka, then Jurgen Klopp comes in, it's all about the gagging press, and Antonio Conte, it's 3 4 is the way forward, and it's obviously evolving every time, but I think for Rangers, and their, their player trading model, is, as they call it, and Roger just referred to, I think the most important thing for the club is, regardless if you sell players or bring players in, you're always looking to try and have a squad that's better than you did the, the, uh, the year before, and I think right now, I don't think there's any doubt the jury's still out on that, it's very early in the season, you know, I look at the new signings for now, and I think that, for me, Tillman is the one that sort of stood out. I think, even though he's not set the world alight, I think he, he does look really sharp. He looks as if he's a, a player that's a, a good replacement for Jory, but plays in the pockets, plays in the half turn, very, very positive. I think I've seen enough of Matondo and Lawrence over the pre-season game to feel as if they could be good additions to the squad as well. Um, but, listen, it's going to take time. We've seen it for a number of Rangers players and Celtic players over the year that didn't do great even for the first month, two months, three months, even six months and turned out to be great signs for the football club. So I think there's still time. It's one of the other problems about a result and performance like last Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Because it keeps the jury out. Yeah. If you like. If that is a more straightforward night, you've got your small sample size of a couple of league games and that and people are being a whole lot more positive. But those people who were excited about Tom Lawrence or Ravi Matondo yeah. are having to temper that a little bit because of last week yeah and listen you only have to look at last season and look at Malmo in the Champions League forward and the, uh, uh, last year and you look at the likes of John Lundstrom that came into the side and really struggled in his, his first few months at Rangers and was including that Malmo side that were, were very very disappointing when they, they fell out of the competition and look what he's turned out to be and it, and it did take John Lundstrom you're talking up to six months before he really showed what he can do on a Rangers side I think for Rangers sake they certainly don't hope it's six months before they see the, the rewards of the, the boys they've brought in but it's still going to take time, that's for sure. Just quickly, I mean, last time you were on the show, I was inundated with tweets to say that you looked like Rid Van Yilmaz. Yeah. Um, I might have looked like him on Saturday because I thought he did struggle for, did for, he? for periods in the game. Listen, I, he, he had some iffy moments, shall we say. Uh, he wasn't under too much pressure defensively. I think Rangers, I'd imagine, had somewhere between 70-80% on the ball. But yeah, a couple of just simple things like basic passes and, and ball went under his foot a couple of times which is something you don't expect to see but we're talking about a guy I, th- I think he's only trained four days somebody mentioned with the squad before before the game against uh, his, uh, Kilmarn up there so I don't know did Giovanni Van Bronckhorst have in mind a, a starting him from the, the start to see if he was ready to then play again USG tomorrow night who knows but I don't think he was great in the game but other than it, it wasn't too much uh, troubled by any Kilmarn up play that's for sure yeah, I can't argue with any of that, and that's what we're saying. Be interesting to see whether, whether or not he starts the game. It'll be interesting to see the, the team selection. We started the show. Gordon, you asked the question: What's Celtic's first choice front three? What's Rangers' first choice front three or first choice front four? If we go four two three one, you know who, who are the guys? If it was a Scottish Cup final tomorrow, and believe me, for Rangers, this is probably bigger than a Scottish mm. Cup final. Who actually starts this game? Because I don't think you could make with any conviction or any confidence you can make a, a prediction of which front no. four will start and I, and sorry I think one thing's for sure I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst had a lot of 
a lot of praise for making changes in Europe, whether it's been half time or from the start. I think the five at the back certainly didn't work last week. I thought USG got a lot of joy in midfield with that overload in there. So I certainly see the formation going back to, to what Rangers are very familiar with. Like Roger said at the top of the show, I, th- I thought the real standout performer for me at the weekend was Stephen Davis. And does he now play himself back into contention in the game tomorrow? Because I would fully expect to see him start mm. after his performance at the weekend. Ronnie, do you feel like Rangers will turn this round tomorrow? Well, I think the only chance we've got is uh, if we can get an early goal and get the crowd right behind our team, I think we've got a chance. Good man, Ronnie. It was nice to speak to you. Old callers, young callers, middle-aged callers, you are all welcome. Thanks to Ronnie. It was lovely to hear from you. 01419511025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. And already, it is that time of the night. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Monday night is where it's at on Beat the Pundit. This is where we separate the anoraks from everyone else we've got Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday two of the experts on Beat the Pundit but the beauty of it is every expert needs to be toppled once in a while 0141 951 1025 come on here beat them imagine the bragging rights you need to get your call in before 7 o'clock so please do and your chance to beat the pundit is next tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here going over all the weekend's big talking points. If you think they've missed one, well, that's what you're here for. Pick up the phone and let us know what you take away from an action-packed weekend. I would like to hear from some fans of the Edinburgh clubs, uh, given how dramatic it was yesterday. Uh, Maybe a tough afternoon for you St Mirren fans, Motherwell fans, what's going on? Managerial situation, did that change at all over the weekend? Pick up the phone and let us know. And that's before, of course, we revisit some of the hour one topics, notably Rangers winning at the weekend and going into Europe. Celtic, a Jota-inspired performance. So whatever you've got, now is the time to call. And we could be speaking to you next. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on then, a new week on Beat the Pundit. Let's see what we've got. Andy Halliday, who was absent last Monday night, Roger, told me that he listened. As you would expect, he listened at home and he was mightily impressed with the standard. What was it, a 7-6 victory for you? 7-6, yes. Had me worried. It wasn't bad. No, it it was a great performance, but... It just shows you you need more than six to beat this man. Absolutely, you do. Did the pundits win every night last week? Mm, I think they might have, you know. I think the pundits maybe won every night last week. Anyway, not that I like to see that. So let's see if we can change it tonight with Paul and Castle Milk. How's it going, Paul? Aye, no bad, mate. Fancy your chances against these two? Uh, to be honest, because Rogers won't have any usually phone up, but Andy came off the bench on Sunday and it, it broke my treble before it even started. The other two teams stole <laughs> <laughs> it's his fault. Nah, well, I thought that. I so because I heard his voice and I was asked. Quite right, Paul. I mean, I know I noticed the time as well. Coincidence or not? We'll, we'll see. We'll get his thoughts on that. And um, you, owe, so if Paul wins, you owe him a signed ball and, and 150 quid for the coupon. Please no, gamble as well. Oh, I know, Paul. <laughs> Add a few digits on. Why don't you? Will you here? <laughs> anyway, please gamble responsibly and all that. Heads, it will be Roger Hanna. We're going to have to disappoint Paul. Uh, the Coupon Derby We'll have to wait And uh, Tails it will be Andy Halliday Let's see what we've got Have you played yet this season? Andy? You will tonight It's the Coupon Derby oh, Tails Paul against Andy So what we'll do 
Is give Andy some Clyde 2 to listen to So that he can't hear what's going on Paul You've got your wish It's 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And if you don't know it You are welcome to pass And we'll move on to the next one Okay No worries Right let's go 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts Now Name any current Celtic player Who's also played a league game For Motherwell uh, Tumble Name any squad number Kenny Miller had During his three Rangers spells Nine Which SPFL club Play their home games At the Penny Cars Stadium Penny Cars Party for sure don't know Which Scottish team Did Andy Considine Join this summer St Johnson Name the only player In the Scottish Premiership To score two goals So far this season Mioski uh, Okay, let's bring Andy Halliday back. Can you hear us? Yes. You ready? Absolutely. I thought Paul was decent. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. You ready? 30 yep. seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Name any current Celtic player who's also played a league game for Motherwell. David Tumble. Name any squad number Kenny Miller had during his Nine. three Rangers spells. Which SPFL club play their home games at the Penny Cars Stadium? Pass. Which Scottish team did Andy Considine join this summer? St Johnson. Name the only player in the Scottish Premiership to score two goals so Miyowski. far this season. Which English Championship side does Alan Campbell currently play for? Luton. Who permanently managed Livy before David Martindale took over? Gary Holt. And James McCarthy and MacArthur both started at which club? Hamilton. Ah, oh, Paul, he was just so much quicker. I love Paul's style because you know what? I thought Paul was Paul has knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Paul has knowledge. Halliday was like a sprinter there though, so we'll see what uh, what won out in the end. Name any Celtic player who's played a league game for Motherwell. You had the choice of Liam Shaw. Anyone get that? No, I wouldn't. Roger? No, I had David Turnbull. Yeah, not David sides. Turnbull. Uh, Kenny Miller apparently was number 23, 18, 18 and 9. There we go. Um so you both got that tool. The Penny Car Stadium, Roger. Airdrie. Airdrie. There we are. Excelsior, no. Excelsior. Nah, not anymore. That That's old money. Ah, That's yeah. old money. Uh, St. Johnson was Andy Considine. So you're three all. And Paul got Miofsky as well. So that was when I knew Paul was a player because you're talking about us with our West of Scotland bubble here. He's plucked that one out. I thought Paul knows his stuff. So he's four, four all after those questions. However, that was Paul's last question. So Alan Campbell plays for Luton Gary Holt was at Livy And James McCarthy and MacArthur started at Hamilton You probably would have got them all Paul I'm sure But you ran out of time Which means Andy Halliday will not be paying the coupon debt tonight He has uh, won it in the just end send the, Just send us the law <laughs> <laughs> It's a 6-4 I'm afraid Paul Hard lines uh, It's the amount of questions you just can get through That's it He's Fast. probably played with that guy we're looking no, I don't no, think no, he did, no, I didn't. Just no, heard me banging on no, about him. My, but Cal Naismith's obviously one of my ah, best friends who's looking with him. So. He's left, hasn't he now? But is yeah, he he's at Bristol City. Uh, Paul, well, come on then. Look, we've enjoyed your company. So else we've got you on? I know you're a Celtic fan. What stood out at the weekend? I know the manager was full of praise for Jota. Is he one that caught the eye? Well, to be honest, I was going to phone up, but I was thinking I'd rather be on Beat the Pundit. I was listening to part two of Hugh Keevans, like, so negative about Selic but I don't feel I think it's two games in I don't feel as if he's a listening to Alan's Postacoglu when he's doing his post-match interviews he's said several times that we've got goals out of the park and he's talking about who's going to come off the bench to score the winner but then he's ever looked at Jens Moritz or Moritz Jens for that matter but he, Paul's right um I mean, oh, come on, Hugh Keevans and negative. You're not; those are not two words that are generally associated with each other, are they, Roger? Oh, his cup he's, runneth over. Ah, at all he's, times, he's positive. He's a ray of sunshine. As, uh, so, as soon as he said in the show on Saturday, 
This game's going to finish a draw. And you just knew it wasn't. You knew Celtic <laughs> exactly. was going to win the game. Last week was even better. Um, Jota had his right foot back, Andy, and um, he was moaning about something. And you know what happened next? It ended up in the, the top, top corner. corner. So his timing yeah. is a quite spectacular. And I know he'll be listening. So he'll, he'll be firing up the Nokia for a abusive text message as we speak. Um, that is true, though. It was. Um, Anthony Ralston night in Dingwall last night uh, last season maybe not quite as dramatic here but it might be Moritz Jens it might be Leila Bada off the bench it might have been a bit more dramatic if Joe Hart doesn't pull off that that great save from Edwards free kick and I don't underestimate how good that save is I mean it's came through a crowd of people it's still managing to go a couple of yards to his left and it's a great save for Joe Hart but I think you know the pressure certainly told I think Celtic certainly merited the the victory and that's five goals five different scorers so Ange Postecoglou is right with and, the goals coming across the field and we started Gordon at six o'clock by saying the league table's already developing a familiar look with Celtic and Rangers both having perfect records but in each of the four games at different stages there was a bit of doubt over the result you go back to the first weekend Rangers were losing at Livingston for a long period of time Celtic at 1-0 up against Aberdeen so Johnny Hayes missed a sitter they would have made it 1-1 Fast forward to Saturday when, unusually, they both kicked off at three o'clock and come quarter to four, nil-nil in both games and they huffed and puffed a little bit until the two of them you know, hit their straps late on in the game. How is the squad strength overall for you, Paul? I mean, would you still be looking for even more out of that in terms of transfer business or is that done? No, I'm happy with what we've got there now. <laughs> uh, I just want to say thanks for having his own guys, Brogan. Pleasure. That was Paul from Castlemont. Played beat the pundit, but we don't mind yeah. talking about football. That's no, why no. everyone phones in in the first place anyway. So you done well as well. Um, that sounded passive aggressive. No, was no, there an was eye not. roll attached to it as well? Not. I, I I was impressed with his Miofsky shout. I don't I don't think I'd have got that. Not that I'm a good barometer, but I'm not sure that they've got it under pressure. I, I, if I were you, I'd brush up on Boyan Miofsky because he's going to be coming up against your team on Saturday afternoon. I'll be trying to ignore that. I think I'll just pretend it doesn't happen. We'll maybe get to them. Uh, a bit later on um, if, if it's not happening Does that mean I don't have to go? <laughs> are, you, are you getting sent are you? Yes. What did you do to annoy producer Callum? I don't know I always think I'm trying to be quite nice to him But clearly, clearly not I'm actually disappointed he's not with us tonight Because um, I did want to pick his brains about That reality check for Dundee United He said he had never been so happy In all his life As the, the full time whistle against Alkmaar yeah, I'm not I wonder, surprised I wonder how he felt at, um, Yesterday When we yeah. going Beat them 1-0 Yeah I'm not surprised It was an incredible performance And I think the most incredible fact was It was merited It was certainly deserved I thought the way they approached the game Took the game to AZ Altmar And I mean the quality on show for the goal Was, was different class But it just shows you that These Sunday Thursday games That are often You know debated Can you handle it What's the size of the squad like And Dundee United were certainly put to that test and it was certainly a shock result because I didn't see yeah. Livingston getting three points that was, for sure. was that the best left foot finish by a Livy player since your famous brace against Montrose all those years oh, ago I tell you what what a brace that was as well and one was with the head believe it or not a couple of things well done um, but to you <laughs> what what is what is wrong with you Andy Halliday's parents family best friends don't even have any recollection of this brace against Montrose Aye, he's a good listener you've obviously not read any papers over the weekend tell him Roger Told me about we did an interview for the Edinburgh oh, Derby, t- and the, the the two goals he scored against Hibs at the tail end of last season in the Derby. So he was going for his hat. You're right. Do you know I saw the, he- the, only, the only I saw the headline. Yeah. Right, I saw the headline. I saw Halliday by Roger Hannan. Thought nah, that's not for but, me. But can I also say that it turned out it was false, Roger? 
I actually had scored another brace after that, <laughs> which I never knew. It was See. actually a friend that told me. He says, I was at the game with Livingston Stranraer when you scored two. And uh, he was right enough. A good interviewer is only as good as his interviewee. Yeah. News, newspaper friends in an in-betweener it's, yeah. style. It's bad enough Gordon Dell knows nothing about his career. Oh, but when Andy, <laughs> Andy Hanley's making mistakes about his career, you begin to worry. That is true. Right, 0141-951-1025. Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. Uh, let's bring in Paul, who's a Rangers fan. Are you already thinking about tomorrow, Paul, rather than the weekend? It seems like an important night coming up. Thanks for uh, letting me on the show. Great as always. Um, yeah, big big game coming up tomorrow. Um, they're coming thick and fast, and they probably will do up until the world the break for the World Cup. Um, uh, well, you know how important it is, um, and that's what my kind of point is kind of relating to. So, uh, here's a wee start for you. I don't know if he's kind of you'll probably know this. I know Roger in there, the, the guru and all that type of stuff. You'll probably know. But when was the last time Rangers won away in Europe? Dortmund. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So February time, so that five or six games we went away from home, um, and that's that's kind of coming to a point. If we get through this match, um, something's got to be done. I think with the midfield, um, I think I banged on this show way back from last year about the importance of Stephen Davis. Um, he signed a, a year contract, and I was delighted that he signed a contract as a fan. But I don't know what the guy's got to do to get a game. I mean, he played there against Kilmarnock. No, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I thought he was probably man of the match or, or he controlled that midfield. He was mm. outstanding. Um, but I can guarantee I'll put my mortgage on it. He doesn't get a game in, uh, tomorrow. Uh, now, that could be his age. It could be for Brockhurst thinking we've got other guys here that are you know, the future and you know, bring money in and everything else like that. We need to play them in front of Davis. But he's got the experience. He's a Northern Ireland internationalist. Um, he's been there, you know. He's been to two European finals now, UEFA Cup and the, the Europa League. Um, he's got a wealth of experience. I'd be bringing him back. I'd phoned in last week, if you remember, and I said at the time I'd have changed the team. I wouldn't have played McLaughlin in goals. I'd have played McGregor. I wouldn't have played James Sands at centre back. And I know Ben Davis maybe a wee bit lacking in fitness and whatever, but I'd have had him in there. Um, and I think it was proven right because although McLaughlin made a couple of saves. Because if yeah, maybe the skill could be three 0 but it did, it did cost us the first goal, in my opinion. So um, I want to see what he's thought about that. Yeah, uh, the goalkeeping debate just isn't going anywhere, Andy. Yeah, um, I, I can sense that already. The manager's shown his hand, though, has he not? It doesn't seem like he thinks there's a debate. Yeah, I mean, I was asked my opinion going into the season. And I thought there was no doubt that Alan McGregor was going to be number one. After seeing the team news against Livingston the opening day of the season, I thought nothing of it. I just thought maybe put that down to the artificial pitch and you know, with Alan McGregor's old age, should we call it, uh, maybe not rest on that surface. But yep, certainly the, the two games since then shows that his number one jersey this this year is going to be John McLaughlin. But you know, I've got to agree with Paul and I, I'm putting all bias aside, you know, who my, my allegiances lean towards out the two people. But for me, Alan McGregor's merited more than enough to stay number one. I know he had a few. I mean, you don't mistakes. dislike John McLaughlin. No, or no, absolutely not. Just... And, and I do think he's a good goalkeeper. Just checking. But I think Alan McGregor's body of work, shall we call it, over his Rangers career certainly merits it. He keeps jo- that number jo- one jersey. Here's, that, here's the thing. That's a really good description. John McLaughlin is a good goalkeeper. There's no question about that. However, I tend to think Southgate Rangers rely on great goalkeepers. Alan McGregor was a great goalkeeper for Rangers. You, you, you mentioned Joe Hart and the save he made at Dingle at the weekend. Joe Hart's got 75 caps for England because he's a great goalkeeper. Like Craig Gordon, like Fraser Foster, like Arthur Boric. You can go back through the Rangers years like 
Stephen Kloss like Chris Woods like the late great Andy Gorham Rangers and Celtic don't operate with good goalkeepers Steve Rangers Simonson. and Celtic operate with great goalkeepers I'll ignore that then Mark It's like you left some and I, 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 memorable I, I, ones I, I, off the I list Doris De Vries is on the phone he's not happy with you yeah, Well that's why they then go and sign great goalkeepers because when they try good ones <laughs> they're not good enough as Brendan Rodgers found out with Doris De Vries but I always thought the day was always going to come for Al McGregor when he wasn't going to be Rangers number one whether it was when he was 35 or 40 or 45 or whatever I assumed Rangers would go and buy another great goalkeeper to replace Alan McGregor rather than putting a good one in the team but listen it's up to the manager uh, It shows you Andy the level of scrutiny that's on it though we had calls on Saturday mm-hmm. obviously wasn't at the game was in here about some moment where John McLaughlin tried to Pass out from the back And gave it to Kilmarnock or something yeah. Needless to say It didn't come to anything Because Kilmarnock yeah. didn't score And that happens Even to the best of them But that's the level That's the microscope That's on that position At the moment Yeah I don't know if You might have spoke about this On Saturday But I, you know I've had this debate With numerous people And I speak about Even last season Like I said Al McGregor made You know He certainly made a few mistakes Which is uncharacteristic of him But you could still Had a catalogue Of unbelievable saves He made domestically And in Europe And I say, I, I say that I've said this to friends That John McLaughlin Played Somewhere between 10 and 15 games In the lockdown season That Rangers go and win the league I honestly don't remember Him making a save In any game and then even going into last year with some of these appearances he's made, somebody, there'll be somebody out there that will correct me and show me a couple or two or three, maybe say, I don't think he's been overly tested as a Rangers goalkeeper. I really don't. And now that he's obviously mm. got the number one jersey, like you rightly says, he'll certainly be scrutinised a lot more. And I, I think he could do better with a Livingston goal, which never really gets spoken about because, of course, you know, it was certainly an error from John Souter and, and Bonabaris that's played his, his role in that goal as well. But I don't think he had to leave his line. He then was exposed to the, the chip from Joel Nubley. And uh, again, I don't think it's a glaring error for the USG goal, but he certainly should do better for me. I mean, he now plays tomorrow, though, doesn't he, Paul? I don't think that's like I say that there are the debate can go on amongst fans, but looks like Rangers have got their mind made up. Well, listen, I think I think Andy's on the same page as me. If you if you go back to my call last week, uh, I, I said exactly the same thing. He was off his line far too quick. Fair enough, Barisic, uh, or sort of, I should say, then. Um, cover themselves in glory but he shouldn't have came off the line and that to me well Andrew know a lot more than I do as a professional football mother but I think the defence get a bit of confidence from, from in the goals and it's not to say John McLaughlin aye, he comes out for crosses and he does a bit better with McGregor with that type of thing but um, I don't see the point of keeping McGregor for another year I don't understand the point it's the same as I go back to Davis I, 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 I don't know what uh, Andy and Rogers pointing that as well as, but I would have I would have Davis in there tomorrow. Yeah, what do, what do you two think about that? I feel like this does keep happening where people love a performance that Stephen Davis puts in, but you just know that he's not yeah going to start all the games or isn't going to start even the big games really anymore. I think the question does come come down is how does his body feel after the game against Kilmarnock at the weekend? If we're talking about merit of performance, he's the first name in the team sheet after his performance at the weekend. Uh, for me, if he's fit, if he's if he's ready to go, he's in the starting eleven for me because one thing. You can guarantee from a Stephen Davis performance is he'll be composed on the ball and Rangers need control of the game. They never really had they had a decent ten minute spell, first ten minutes of the game last week. After the first ten minutes, Rangers had no control in a football match whatsoever. And if they're gonna overturn the deficit tomorrow night, they certainly need control and Stephen Davis will help with that. Listen, it should surely come down to form and the performance that Davis put in against Kilmarnock at the weekend seems to have won a lot more favour in the eyes of the Rangers fans than 
the likes of Glenn Kamara or Ryan Jack perhaps have produced already this season. So if it's Lundstrom and Davis tomorrow or Lundstrom, Davis and Arfield tomorrow, then you're probably picking the guys who are in the better form. Thanks a lot to Paul. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Good time to call. Uh, by the way, I think we'll talk Edinburgh Derby very soon. So if you're a fan of either team or a neutral observer, uh, please get your calls in. Let me run this past you first, though. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Team of the Week with Clyde Build Home Improvements. Right, see while you're getting your calls in And whilst you're maybe putting the kettle on Or turning to something stronger Go and check out our Twitter feed At Clyde SSB Because it's been Roger Hanna's turn To pick a team of the week It's new for this season Every Monday one of the pundits Will pick their Premiership team After the weekend's games And he might be all good with his stats And his facts and his knowledge But I bet any money people out there Don't agree with the team that he's picked So go at Clyde SSB Check out Roger Hanna's team of the week Tweet him, phone him, email him Send handwritten letters Tell him how wrong he's got it It is all thanks to Clyde Built Home Improvements They're giving you the chance to win a current or retro football kit of your choice So head to Clyde1.com to enter Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here Both waiting for your calls or your tweets So get in touch and don't disappoint them Let's give them a full time teaser as well It's that part of the night Where the listeners You send the question in I know that your knowledge is outstanding So we test the pundits And see if they can match it Now unfortunately for you lot uh, These two are quite knowledgeable He says through gritted teeth uh, But I like this question Fairly topical as well From Dave in Dumbarton Dave says Scott Arfield got the first league goal Of the season for Rangers And Stephen Welsh the first for Celtic Can you name the first for either side for the previous five seasons For both sides, sorry So you're looking for ten names basically The last five to get the opening league goal for Celtic And the last five to get the opening league goal for Rangers Prior to this campaign uh, You must have played in a couple of them So this should be easy Well Ryan Kent in the opening day At Pitodri against Aberdeen Indeed Yanis Hadji against Levy last season Yep And against Hearts last season Anthony Ralston Yes did you even played in that as well For yeah. God's sake now, I'm thinking of Celtic Did you put in any dodgy tackles in that game that <laughs> Just oh, double checking He likes this doesn't he Hold on Roger this got spoke about for that, Without exaggeration about seven months That's the point it, it becomes love because I, I I had to suffer it for so long Even when he wasn't here I was Incredible so, I feel like I should just bring it up before someone else does What about Ryan Christie? No oh, Come on Roger He's 100% Odds and Edward is that just a calculated just, guess? No, or? no, I was thinking Ryan Christie scored a hat-trick against St Johnston uh-huh. in the opening day. I thought one of them was the first goal. But I thought Edward got yep. a hat-trick against Hamilton, maybe? Edward's there, well done. That's four of ten, so we'll leave it there. And Dave and Dumbarton, thank you, sir, for your question. It's full-time at Clyde1.com if you want to submit a question of your own. So we'll keep that bubbling away until the end of the show and see how we get on. Right, come on. You Edinburgh fans out there, either side, let's get stuck right into that 01419511025. Andy did speak about it earlier. Let's go for a more detailed synopsis. I thought the first half was a decent game. Uh, I thought it was a pretty standard template, yeah, Edinburgh Derby, where it was pretty frantic. Uh, but any time there was a sort of composed period of play for either team, they showed plenty of quality. I thought Hibs maybe just edged it slightly in the first half in terms of chances created. Uh, but of course, uh, the, the the one real moment of quality in the 
in the first half was a goal and, and Barry Mackay certainly plays his part in it it's a pass that he's always he's always really really good at and you know any Hearts player that's on a pitch knows if you if you get time in, uh, in a running you know Barry Mackay gets his head up he's probably going to find you in that in that little pocket of space but Shanklin does but does really really well because it's not an easy first touch when it's coming over your shoulder like that and then even to get the flick on the mm. on the ball to get it through David Marshall's legs into the into the back of the net it was maybe a slightly even half we, we Hibs just shading it but we go into at half time 1-0 up but then I thought we got a certain period of control in the second half and, and probably should have been out of sight going into the last 10 minutes which is always going to be certainly a, a backs against mm. the wall when you're holding on to a, a big three points in such a big game and then uh, obviously the sucker punch comes in the in the last minute in the injury time and, and of course I think everyone knows that Martin Boyle is it's obviously going to be a big signing for Hibs. He was a he was a top goal scorer last season, even though he left in January. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's just sort of written in the star shoe. You saying the script was already written for him to come on and score that goal. But it's certainly disappointing for us. Our aim was was certainly to go there and get three points. And uh, obviously, to be a minute away was disappointed then and then concede that goal. Are you able to be a bit more, you know, sort of calm about it. Fans would be feeling sick, and the Hibs fans are absolutely delighted, and all the rest of it. But you know, game two of the season mm-hmm. away from home. A point, you know, yeah, the manner of it. I take it it wasn't a a furious or distraught dressing room after. Was it a bit oh, more no, measured? No, no, it certainly still was. I think the aftermath of the game certainly, you know, feeling that that that, uh, that down downbeat uh, feeling, especially in a derby when you concede so late. But you know, waking up the next day, you, you look at it and take it into context. It's the second game of the season. Mm. You're away to your rivals. It's obviously a difficult place to to go. And you know, worst case scenario, you you come away with a point and. And like I spoke about with Rangers and Celtic earlier on, we certainly don't feel as if we've hit top form in the first two games of the season. It'll take time. But, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later because we've got some, some big games coming up as well. Even if it was valid, he'd never admit it. There were sort of discussions around whether Lauren Shankland handballed it or not, Roger. I thought it was a goal. I have to say, you know, if you're working off the rule of the T-shirt line, I don't think you could really say that was below mm-hmm. the T-shirt line. I thought it was a really good goal. I thought Barry McKay was almost a blind pass over the top. It was a terrific ball. Great control, great finish on a weekend of great goals. Um, and then it's it just one of those, you know, when you don't get the second goal in these games, you always leave yourself open. When Boyle came on, he had the chance. He sort of scuffed wide, yeah, didn't yeah. he? A moment or two earlier, and you wondered if that was his big moment gone. But then Yuan gets outside, Craig Halkett knocks it in, and, and it's a good finish at the near post. Uh, let's hear from Andy's gaffer, Robbie Nielsen. You know, it's a disappointing thing that we came here and we, we you know, we dominated the game and we scored the goal and then had chances to, to make it two, three, maybe even four, and we didn't do it. And that's when we let them back in again and obviously losing the goal right then is massively disappointing for everyone. To be honest, I think it was a you know, first or second shot really target. So it was more, you know, we just we came out a slot in midfield and we allowed Boyle to run and then you know they got a wee bit of luck with the cut back. But that's football at times. You know, we have to accept that and you know come back stronger from it as well. Just disappointment when you come here, you know. We expect to come here and win. We put on a brilliant performance. You know, over the course of the game, probably should have won, but we didn't, and that's a disappointing thing that we didn't get what we deserved. Uh, Roger, you're in the headlines business, and we know, right? You can debate all you want about quality and all the rest of it, but Scottish football nowhere does storylines like Scottish football. Yeah. Even by our standards, I feel like the Martin Boyle one was a stretch when I saw the signing. Whenever it was Not long before the game No, Saturday lunchtime um, The thought that he would Even be involved at all Never mind get half an hour Never mind Score such a dramatic equaliser So unpredictable That it was predictable If that makes well, sense Well, he, he wasn't expecting To be involved He said that himself 
Um, I think Lee Johnson, the manager, said the chairman wasn't expecting him to be involved and he just took a last-minute decision to stick him on the bench. Um, he threw him on because, basically, at that stage in the game, he had nothing to lose. They were trailing 1-0. Until he went on, for me, he didn't really look like troubling Craig Gordon in a hard goal at all. But when you have a, you know, a substitution like this, it lifts the stadium. It lifts the Hibs fans. That lifted the Hibs players. It's a bit like, you know, when the reception Alfredo Morelos got when he came on at Ibrox at the weekend. It lifts the entire place sometimes and just tilted the balance ever so slightly back towards Hibernian at a time when it looked as if Hans were going to see the game out. <laughs> do you allow yourself that as an opposition player, Andy? I think it's what fans do. You mm-hmm. see Martin Boyle come on, these sort of feel like it can be written that sort of thing well listen is that for us is that for outsiders certainly after the game you just if somebody's going to score you always think it's typical sometimes that these things are just meant to be but I think we prepared that he was going to play Uh, you know it's it's a massive game for both clubs there's always an opportunity kind of made me laugh earlier when people were saying is is it a risk playing Alfredo Morelos Martin Boyle didn't even train for five weeks and he was on the bench for for that game uh, yesterday because it's such a massive game so yeah, we certainly prepared that he was going to be on the bench and potentially get minutes on the pitch. But no, we've it's, a, it's obviously a, a fixture that we've we've had a lot of success in and over the last sort of two three seasons. And Martin Boyle has been involved in a lot of them. So, you know, we, although we know he's a good player, he's got a good threat. He's, he's, he carries a lot of you know goals for that Hibs side. We certainly felt as if we had enough on the pitch to try and get a goal at the other end or see out the game. But yeah, he does very well and. Well, Johan breaks down the line, cuts it back, and he's in the right place at the right time to put it in the back of the net. Let's hear from him. Uh, last night after my, my homemade macaroni and chips, uh, <laughs> when I got the phone call, so yeah, that's when I went into panic, went to Asda for a few uh, bottles of water and a, a strawberry as Nothing like Scottish football, is it? But yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a bit bizarre. Obviously, the Queen's came through, and yeah, obviously I had to focus on the game and got up this morning. And, that was incredible. I've never felt anything like that in my life. It's probably not really sank in yet. Obviously, got training tomorrow and all the lads are off, so that was probably when it'll be sunk in. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously a great feeling. Good lads down there welcoming me in. Uh, great again, and yeah, can't wait to get a pre-season under my belt and kick off. Nothing worse, Roger, when you're trying to enjoy your homemade macaroni and chips, and um, you get told no, put that in the bin because you're having a Andy Hardy. Edinburgh derby tomorrow. Andy Hardy was telling us from Monday to Saturday each week. His body is a temple. Mm. And then if they play on a Sunday after the Sunday, he'll give himself a little bit of a treat. And we are the beneficiaries of that because he came into this office with a nice big box of sweets and he said, I can't eat them because it's Monday. And he gave them to me. And right. I, my body is not a temple, well, so it was fine. I'm beginning, I'm, I'm getting, because he wasn't expecting to play, I will allow Martin Boyle his homemade macaroni and chips, whether he made it or his good lady, who of course plays for Hibs Ladies, whether she made it. That's as much as I'm giving him because once he knows he's playing, where does it fit in to the professional sportsman's schedule to go to the shop and get a strawberry no, yazoo? No, no, that, that's that's big in the sports science world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for recovery. Yeah. yeah, I think it's got recovery, quite a lot recovering of recovering from body's macaroni. <laughs> well, apparently it has got quite a lot of protein in it. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a drink. He actually that. got offered after games, but no, 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 before, no, no, no. before the game, he's having <laughs> yeah, strawberry well, yazoo. It's, pro- it's protein. It's protein still, yeah, but round the wrong way. The thing is that footballers can often be quite suspicious, so we'll soon see if that's his regular pre-match meal now that he scored in the in the Superstitious. Superst- is that not what it is? Suspicious. I was superstitious, sorry. Superstitious. They can be suspicious as well. I'm so torn, right, because 
I, don't, I feel like I shouldn't out him for every daft thing that he says or does Firstly, because it's unfair Secondly, I would be here all day But this has just fallen right onto my lap He's not here He won't even be listening So I'll just do it behind his back And hope that nobody notices Martin Boyle has set it up perfectly I couldn't help but laugh to myself When he said what he had for his oh, dinner I know what you were going to tell me Which was Mac and cheese I had the misfortune of playing golf With our esteemed colleague Mr DL the other day and he was talking about going to some restaurant or whatever and how he was thinking about getting the mac and cheese Mm -hmm. and he's just behind me and I can hear him I'm not I'm not maintaining eye contact because I try not to he says here's the thing see mac and cheese is that just macaroni cheese no (laughs) (laughs) I've turned around look are you and then he started sort of digging it, trying, nah, 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 but, but, and sort of trying to dig his way out of it, which of course you can't. So we had to spend a little bit of time clarifying that he's made it to 60 and is now just learning that mac and cheese is macaroni. Is macaroni. Which, which, uh, so, which, well, which week is he on, Celebrity MasterChef? I, I think his um, application form's been lost in the post. I'd I love to know what the alternative was. Uh, honestly, you maybe an Apple Mac laptop and cheese. That I don't would know. require you getting inside his head, yes. which is a place that nobody wants to be. That's so, um, well, anyway, well, he'll join us tomorrow night, I am sure. Any fans of the Edinburgh clubs, pick up the phone and let us know. So many talking points from the weekend. The Motherwell. Situation rumbles on Because they don't have a manager The difference is this week It was combined with a loss And a home loss to St Johnson Blair is a Motherwell fan from Denison Take it away Blair I don't know what's on your mind more Is it the defeat? Is it the manager? Is it both? I think you'd I think being a film mall fan yourself Gordon You know exactly It's kind of like a mixed bag to be honest um, I think I think I'm not speaking I'm not the only person speaking for, As far as all the mall fans are concerned I think um, it just I think it's, it was a long time coming for, for, for a change because I think the football was appalling. The performances were atrocious and I think ever since like, Tony Watt left and you, as you know yourself, the fall, we just didn't replace him. And it's just like, we, yeah, I think it just, it just wasn't good enough and there's players there that are just not good enough for the club. Um, and then obviously you need to give youth players a chance and I think some of the guys that we did have coming through like Cornelius who really didn't get much of a chance under Alexander I might add um, he was one of the guys on Saturday there I was at the game myself um, he was one of the shiny lights when he came on and there was a bit more fight on Saturday but I just think where where's this coming from this should have happened like under Alexander like there was more desire under Hamill the two games even though to be honest, the first game against the Murn, we were terrible. We were very lucky to actually win that game. And in the game St. John's, in the second half, we, we were, uh, I think we were very unlucky not to get a result because we absolutely camped in their half. And it's just one of those things where there was no lack of quality. And that's the thing that, like as I said before, but Tony Watt, we just not replaced them and we didn't have that kind of person to put the ball in the back of the net. But the only thing I'll, just, I'll add is... Um, to yourself, Gordon, who would you think would be the ideal manager? Mine's would be McCall or Lambert. That'd be my kind of two names I'd stick out. S- Stuart um, McCall or Ian McCall? Ian McCall, not Stuart McCall. Not <laughs> him back. I like the shorts on the touchline, I must admit. That was a nice touch. Did very well. Um, honestly, well, two things here. People never care what I think on this show, but e- even if I was to try, Roger, that maybe sums up where we're at. I, I don't really have an answer for Blair. I, I, I don't have anything that jumps out, a, a name that I'm... Desperate to see you come in the door It's been a bit like that hasn't it It's not a vacancy that's been Overrun with sort of obvious contenders 
No, it hasn't. And quite often there are obvious contenders. The one I likened it to last week was, you know, the United's vacancy and Jack Ross's availability and they seem a, a marriage made in heaven. Um, Motherwell don't have that luxury. Said in the show on Saturday, I wondered if that might push Stephen Hamill closer to the job. Um, the boys were debating before the show would be result dependent on the weekend. If they lost to St Johnson, which of course they did, does that push Stevie Hamill further away from the job? If so, who are the alternatives? And as Blair said, we're not overwhelmed with, with alternatives. He's making two perfectly valid suggestions and Ian McCall and Paul Lambert. Just as valid, we've heard Duncan Ferguson, James McFadden, Maxu Patalain and Tommy Wright. You had to ask which McCall, because Stuart McCall must be a candidate as well, having been there in the past. Um, you know, there's just a never-ending list of potentials. You look at younger guys, not just the Hamels McFadden of this world, you know, the likes of Kevin Thompson, people like that have been mentioned, but there is no mm. outstanding candidate at this stage. And we discussed it last Monday, and I was looking at it as a neutral, saying, you know, if your mother will, you know, t- time is your friend, you've got plenty of time before the transfer window closes, you've got time to step back, get the right guy, and he'll have time to work and, and get the players that you so desperately need signed up before the window closes. But we're a week further on, and from a distance it doesn't look as if you're any closer to getting that manager in I mean he's more than a fan's favourite Blair so I know how you'll feel about Stevie Hamill generally but would you take him as a manager? Um, I would take him I mean I think I think more in the past I've kind of used like number twos uh, like when they've lost a manager or a manager's left the club and I think well obviously Stephen Robinson funny enough he was a number two when obviously McGee left and then obviously he took over and he done a fantastic job he took him as far as he could, um, but um, as I said, it, like I said, he did. Hamill did show some good signs that um, that he's, he's trying to get some ideas across. But like the second half was a better performance than the first and the St. Martin game. But as for Saturday this coming, I do kind of fear this Saturday. Um, if they put it did in the first half against Johnson, I could see Aberdeen taking at least. A few off on Saturday, if I'm honest. Yeah, I was wonder worried about what that number was going to be. And then you settled for a few. Uh, Andy, how does it work? Because we did debate this, Roger Wright, on Saturday. This notion that if Stevie Hamill had just won, so you know, if Motherwell had scraped a late winner, that all of a sudden makes him much more equipped for the job than yeah. than the fact that St Johnson scrambled one home. Can it be as fickle as that? Can he still get it now? How, how does it? How do the results play into the, the kind of suitability? Well, first of all, I think he was dealt a short hand. I mean, he, he, he was given caretaker role twenty four hours before the first game of the season, um, and then I think he's in the you know a sort of horrible horrible position where if Motherwell do want to bring someone in, I don't think the caretaker role he'll have it for very long because I'm sure they want to appoint a new manager this while week. the transfer window's still open. So. Uh, for me, I think he's maybe got this weekend before Motherwell then make a decision on what's next. But that is the big question: who's available for them? Uh, what is the sort of profile that Motherwell are looking for? Do they want a better brand of football? Blair says that he, he wasn't happy with the, the style of football before. No, then for me, Ke- Kevin Thompson is a good fit. And listen, that's a bold appointment, but sometimes you have to be bold. And I think there's a young, hungry coach out there that's that's not got a vast CV, but did, obviously did very well at Kelty Hearts, and he's actually someone that I, I work close with for a couple of months when he was he, he had the role of the under 18s job at Rangers 
and he's just so hungry, so passion, uh, passionate for football. So for me, I do feel as if that's a good fit, if that's a, uh, the road you want to go down. Blair, it's not over yet. This story's going to rumble on, so stay in touch. That was Blair from Denison, the Motherwell fan. Thank you for your time. What about this teaser tonight then? We're looking for, before this season, the last five players to open the league scoring for Rangers and the last five to do it for Celtic. So for instance, last season, it was Anthony Ralston and Yanis Hadji. The season before, Odson Edward and Ryan Kent. So you've got six to get. Well, I would love it if Roger takes control and get the Celtic opening day scorers. That would be great because I think I've got the remaining Rangers ones and uh, Scott Arfield's done it twice. Um, done it, Kelly. Kilmarnock at Rugby Park, yeah. I've only got him once on this list. He d- definitely done it. Twenty season. I mean, he definitely done it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Nineteen twenty season and obviously this season. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah but we've excluded that. I'm looking at the, yeah. this list of answers. Yes, sorry. Okay. So he's on there. Two to get from Rangers. Three from Celtic. Roger. Oh, what about Lee Griffiths? Yes, in the seventeen eighteen season. I must admit, I can't quite remember that one. Like sure. in terms of opposition. You want one more? Or? Yeah, one more. Uh, it was a debut double for oh, Graham Bones against here. Yeah, yeah, Motherwell. Yeah, for Park, I remember it. Okay, you've got three to get, and we'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Roger Hanna. Where's he off to? I think he's gone to the bathroom, and he's he's either locked out because he's not. Great. He's always get sort of. He always has to borrow someone's fob or. Well, I genuinely don't know where he is, unless he's gone home early. But I don't think so. Here he comes. Look at this in his own time, just swanning back in. In your own time, just just feel free to join us whenever you're whenever you're ready. That was a very fast break. Or you were taking too long. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what you said about Martin Boyle yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you wash your hands Anyway uh, 01419511025 uh, We're going to speak to Brian In just a second Let's see how you're getting on In that teaser I was going to say Did you use the break wisely You weren't even in the room So uh, Can you name the last five players Before this season To get Celtic's first goal Of the campaign And the same for Rangers You've got Ralston Edward Griffiths Hadji Kent Arfield Dorans Give us the last Remaining Rangers one uh, it was Steven Gerrard's first game It was up at Petodre again And it was a James Tavenier penalty mm. Was that the Bruce Anderson yep, day last minute. for Aberdeen? You get any of the Celtic ones, Roger, two to get? M- Moussa Dembele? No Ooh. I can off the top of my head remember One of them was Scott Sinclair? No Livingston I think Livingston at home Because mm. Sinclair would have been the winner the day that Gri- but you've already got that would have been Griffiths. Oh, Griffith, I think right, I think okay. so. Yes, yeah, seventeen. So I need um, one against St Johnson. That's seven. Maybe again. not actually. Maybe I've got that the wrong way round. Uh, yes, and Livy at home the season before that. Stuart Armstrong. No, I think it was a header, and he's not used to scoring headers. This guy. No, it wasn't James Forrest. I can see you mouthing James Forrest to Roger. That doesn't so work not, on radio, by he's the way. Not used to scoring. Callum McGregor. No. Anyway, mm. right. I'll give you some more thinking time. Someone's probably going to I'm going to double check That was a header Before I send you down uh, The garden path Right let's bring in Brian Who's a St Mirren fan From Johnston Tough weekend To say the least Brian <laughs> That's an understatement uh, is, is Roger needing An energy drink Is he getting older 
Very possibly I think Andy Haldy's been on the energy drinks That's why he's disappeared to that bathroom And taking too long um, what, what stood out for you at the weekend Brian? I mean there was a lot to get through There was red cards and lots going on My grievance is the fact that um, I'm, I'm, I'm the um, I don't know anything about management not right But you've got a, You've got an ex-Aberdeen boy Whose first game's back at Petordia Since he's left I feel as if he's going to sell up for the game He's tackling the guy within. He's getting booked within seven minutes of the game, and if you, my thinking is, if you're the manager, you've got to be thinking, right, wait a minute, this is a defender. He's got he's got eighty minutes to go. Is he going to get all his tackles right? Is he going? To, should he have taken him off? That's what I'm, do you know what I mean? Declan Gallagher, this is Roger. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny we just spoke about Martin Boyle and how some things are are kind of written, or you know, football does this. These sort of coincidences didn't have a great time at Aberdeen. Goes back there with St Mirren As Brian says Books Almost straight away And then sent off But Brian's grievance Is not so much with the decision Of the ref But he thinks Stephen Robinson Should have taken him off Is that Well it's interesting Because he's had Quite the start to the season His first game of the season Was against Former club Motherwell And you probably know better Than I do Gordon I'm not sure he's Too fondly remembered By the Motherwell supporters Um, So he got through that And then he's got a quick fire Return to Aberdeen and, And as Brian says as soon as he went into that tackle on Hayden Coulson, he puts himself at risk of not lasting the game. Rewind seven days. Philip Kankar did something similar in the Livingston Rangers game and David Martindale took him off. Now, that's ruthless management, but you know, it spared Livingston from going down to 10 men. So it's a perfectly viable argument from Brian that perhaps Declan Gallagher at that stage could have been taken off. Stephen Robertson will say he's an experienced international centre half who, who once who once lasted quite a long time on a yellow card in a famous night in Serbia. Yeah, you'll remember against Alexander Mitrovic, who gave Virgil Van Dijk quite <laughs> the run around on Saturday. Um, so he can do it, but he's just going through a difficult period at the minute. And think, the second yellow. Do you think when Mitrovic put his head in the pillow on Saturday night, I thought. That Van Dyke's no Declan Gallagher. No, because genuinely, yeah. that, Seems will, that way. I will never forget how well Declan Gallagher did against Mitrovic that yeah. night. And as you say, he's already right, he played for Motherwell at the time. No, come on, he was outstanding. And he's, no, he was. Mitrovic has taken the Mickey out of Van. Anyway, you see where I'm going. Um, so, you, what do you think? Do you always take a player off in that situation. <sighs> Is that the hindsight thing? Nah, I mean it was still early What was it, 23 minutes yeah, in the game yeah, When he got sent yeah, off was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, he's certainly got enough experience I'm sure he's been in that position Plenty of times before Where he was on an early booking And, and managed to see out the game Actually, in terms of the decision itself you It's very hard to argue with it But as you do feel a little bit sorry for him He's already on the ground It's, it's obviously hit his arm When you actually see the replay from behind Roger It almost looks as if he's trying to get out of the way with his arm so I mean it is stopping that <laughs> Someone can tell me if they, they disagree with any part of this, but just to add a, a different dimension, because you, it's, it's easy to think, you know, it's hit his hand, yeah. the ball's going towards goal. I, I, I was always sort of under the impression, and I know this might sound strange, but. The it, arm that's supporting yeah, the body. If it's the arm that's supporting the body weight, unless that's been changed. I remember going to one of these briefings that the Scottish FAA very kindly put on sometimes for dafties like us who have to explain these things or try and explain them. Um, and the example that they would always give Roger, you've seen it so many times, that one where you know, winger goes to the byline, defender slides in to try and block it, 
and the cross kind of hits an arm. And the example at the time was if it raises, if it hits the the arm that's in the air, it would be a penalty. But if it hits that trailing arm, that that supporting arm that supports the body yeah, weight, that, it that, wouldn't be. I think that was before the word silhouette came into the the handball yeah, lexicon. And you know, uh, if if you're making your silhouette bigger by extending an arm, as Declan Gallagher mm. did, then then it's deemed to be a penalty. Right. Okay. But again, to then. If we're talking about an arm that's supporting your body weight, and we talk, that there is that kind of qualification of, is there a, a reasonable expectation that that your hand could could be there? If it's a, if it's to support your body weight, what are you meant to do with that arm? Yeah, well, listen, and Andy said Andy's a professional footballer, and even Andy says he's not sure what the handball rules are anymore. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear from Brian. Never mind the red card; it's in the past. Are you worried about the future, Brian? Because your boys have got Ross County and Paisley on Saturday and it's the pointless derby. Two games each, no wins each, uh, bottom of the league. I'm, I'm, myself, personally, I'm thinking that um, someone could be actually bottom three this year. I mean, Stephen Robson took her, someone were literally sitting outside the top six last year and I think he's, he's maybe won one game since then against Edinburgh City. I'll tell you what, what we're going to have to do, Brian, is nip it there because we are out of time. But I feel like that story, we've maybe not heard the end of it. So will you stay in touch with us? Okay. Good man. That was Brian and Johnson. Thank you very much. It really is. That's us done. I can't believe how quickly that went. Uh, We've got a couple more answers on this teaser then. Uh, We're looking for, in fact, two more players that have scored Celtic's first league goal of the season in the last five. It's before this season. So you've got Edward Ralston Griffiths and for Rangers, Hadji Kent Arfield Tavernier Dorans. Scott Brown? No. Tom Rogic? Yes, Tom Rogic. 2018-19 season. That's all on you, I'm afraid. Still at the club. Bit of speculation about whether he maybe goes... Christopher Julian? On loan or... Mikey Johnson? Mikey Johnson, there we go. Thank you, Roger and Andy. The biggest thanks, as always, to you. Thanks a lot for getting in touch, whether it was on Twitter or on the phones. And to the many of you who are just listening to the madness unfold we really appreciate it as always we're back tomorrow with Gordon DL and Mark Wilson on a huge night for Rangers looking forward to the build up in that one Callum Gallagher's up next so just stay where you are and the three of us will be back at 6 o'clock tomorrow myself Gordon and Mark on that big Champions League night